Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Christine McCarran. She's from the Boston area, does a lot of different types of investing, but what we focused on today was house hacking. And not just house hacking in your 20s, but house hacking actually in your 40s and 50s, very different stage of life. And we go through some really important tips on how to even evaluate if that's a strategy for you in that stage of life. Absolutely. And I think that there's a lot to gain when you're thinking about house hacking. So give a try to this episode instead of like, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, it's like, how can you house hack on your own terms and really benefit from having properties where you want to visit. So Christine gave a lot of tips over here that is going to be super valuable for you. Interest rates are sky high in 2023, and buying a rental property means you could get stuck with an 8, 9, or 10% mortgage rate. But what about a 2.99% rate with rent to retirement? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate with an average cash flow of over $900 per month. Plus, they've got options where you can put as little as 5% down with no PMI. As the nation's leading turnkey investment company, Rent to Retirement helps investors build headache-free, high cash flow rental portfolios. And since their properties are fully turnkey, newly built or renovated, leased and managed, anyone can invest, even those who aren't into landlording. So what are you waiting for? This 2.99% rate deal won't last long. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Indra, Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where our passion, our mission, what runs through our veins is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life, right? On their own terms, whatever that looks like to you. And that's what we stand for as we do with our, our growing community, right? And just everything we kind of yes. are up to. Christine, thank you so much for being on our show today. Excited to me. Yeah, appreciate your time and excited to jump into some really neat twists on house hacking. I love house hacking as a strategy, but I think what we're going to talk about today is a, is a different way to think about house hacking. So really excited to talk to you and thanks for being on our show. 
as we always do, we like to get connected to everyone on Dressa like we do each week in and out. Yeah. I always have things going on, you know? What's popping? What's popping? What's popping? What's exploding? What is I like, like that. I like that. Gonna, instead of asking people how they're doing, I'm going to say, what's popping? And see what they say. You know? <laughs> Catch them off guard. I'm so bored with that. How are you doing? I'm doing good. But anyway, side, side note. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, I wanted to share. I did a session with my husband for our Strive members. And our, our Strive members are, our, you know, our experienced women in real estate that are looking to scale and grow. And really, if you're starting out in investing or if you have, you know, if you have a portfolio and you're on some level, you have to connect with your spouse, right? You're either investing time, money, resources. So the that would be a great of, idea to connect. It would be a great idea, right? <laughs> if, you're, yes. if you're not. So I know everyone's like, wow, that's a novel idea. Thanks, Liz. I'll stop the episode now. But it is funny, right? Because we think we are on the same page often, but we're not. And so anyway, we we did an alignment call for, it was basically investing with your spouse and getting on the same page or, or realigning. So, you know, we had them do something at the beginning that I actually wanted to request or even encourage all the listeners. My husband and I are really passionate about supporting couples in this business, and, and we've a lot to come around that topic. And one of the things that you see is that people really want the same things. They're just not always aligned. So you think, well, that doesn't even make sense, right? But but it does and it doesn't. So the exercise we did, and I want to encourage you, if you're into doing exercises and, and kind of doing this kind of work together, which quite honestly, if you're investing or not, in, you know, looking to invest together, you have to do this work. The exercise is basically to say, you know, in five years, you know, what 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 does our life look like, you know, as a result of investing or in our investing business, what does our life look like? We talk about visioning and that's that's not unique. I'm sure anyone listening is like, wow, I never thought of that. But do it separately and then come together and look at that together. And every couple should be doing that at least on every six month or at least a yearly basis because it changes, it evolves. And there was one couple in particular who always, you know, I, I know the woman well in our, our membership and she's always like, we're very aligned, we're very aligned. And then they did the exercise. And of course they were the couple that had to share because, you know, couples want to share everyone and they weren't aligned. So it's an ongoing kind of process. And I think, especially as markets change, as we're in right now, people's fear levels go up and a lot of things are occurring. So these kinds of conversations become even more important. So again, my, my recommendation is do that separately. Like, where do, what do I want, want our life to look like? What do we want our investing business to look like? What do I want to be doing in this business? Do that separately. And then come back together and you, whether you want to go out to lunch, out to dinner, have a cocktail, drink a cup of tea, whatever works for your relationship, but come together and then say, are, are we aligned? If we're not, what kind of conversations we need to have so we can become aligned? So that's what I have for everyone on this week. I'd love to hear if you do the exercise, post on our Facebook community. And if you're not part of our Facebook community, please post. But, you know, we, we do that a lot with our Strive members, Andressa, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we open our doors to our Strive membership twice a year. So we're excited about that coming up very soon. You can check that out on our website, learning more about our Strive members. But we really take that to a new level with your partner if you have one. Yeah. The doors were open up in December, by the way. We opened twice a year and open up in December. You know, one thing that I think just observing the women coming and being vulnerable and the men, poor guys, they don't have another choice but being vulnerable. Because <laughs> that's what that's how we all roll. But I admire them very much because they are playing the same field and supporting one another. And I love what you said about Assuming that we are aligned, but we aren't. There's like, oh, it's obvious, or 
you guys will be surprised with the conversations. And as we all evolved as individual human beings, don't assume the conversation that you had with somebody two years ago, three years ago, or five years ago when you got started, 10, whatever, that that's still the same. Because we evolve and we might not want, we might want to go to a freaking farm, right? And, and raise chickens while yeah. we have cash flow, right? Liz, I know that this is one of our goals, not I know, to raise we chickens. Both, Somebody will raise the chicken. Okay, let's we both go to farm. Make it clear. I just see ourselves at the porch, you know, somebody's raising the chickens. Not us. Here you go. There you go. Keep doing the work, right? Individually, as a couple, just keep doing it and keep talking because assumptions get us into trouble. Yes. All right. Without further ado, Christine, thanks again for being on our show. We like to ask the question to kind of kick things off. What lesson has taken you the longest to learn in your journey? You know, I guess it would probably be asking for help. I thought I was like, I can do this myself. I can, you know, I don't need anyone else. And it's just so much, it, first of all, that, you know, is dumb. And second of all, it's just so much easier with, with help. And I didn't know how much I didn't know until I actually started to ask for help. That was a tough lesson to learn. <laughs> I'm curious, this is a follow-up because, you know, this, this work that we're doing is, you know, we're dedicated to, to women holistically getting what they want and need. And somewhere along the way, right? Conditionally, right? We can get into a whole episode around not asking for help. So for you, what was the first thing that you did ask for help that you wish you'd had asked for help sooner? Just to follow up on that quickly. I remember very specifically, actually, I had bought this place. I'd bought like a fixer upper cabin and I was, I had spent the whole day and it was supposed to be cool and it was really hot and I'm sweating and, and I'm laying on the floor that night in a sleeping bag on the floor. And I just looked up at the ceiling and I said, okay, I admit it, I need help. <laughs> and so I had, I attracted the contractor who was, he was giving up drinking. He was finding, you know, time heavy on his hands. And he ended up doing the whole project with me. And it was such a great learning experience. So mm. great. Yeah, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Well so Christine, we, we have talked about how to hack before at the show, right? But we're, we're doing a twist here because House hacking, when you're, you're on your 20s and, it, you know, it's so like fun having a, like a roommate and because you, you barely have money in the bank to pay for your entire rent. And it's different when you're in your 40s, you're in different stage of life. So I think that's so, it's so refreshing to hear. And, and we're going to break this down, ladies, that are, for all of you, that are not 20s, but your 20s. haven't been this so great. in a long this time. natural grade. <laughs> right. I see Elise all the time, like, plucking. I was like, what are you doing? I'm plucking, plucking my grades. I know. over here. But talking about house hacking in a different stage of life, oh, no, it's like house hacking on long terms. So let's start breaking that down for the women that are like confused right now. So what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you asking me to do here? <laughs> share, share your experience with us. How did you do it on your own terms? Well, so I'm very, you know, I did the roommate thing, right? And I'm like, mm. so I actually subdivided my house so that they would have their whole separate wing. I mean, it's just me. I needed a small place. I had a 1200 square foot ranch and I basically 
cut it in half and they got that half and I got this half. And so it was a lot of privacy and I wasn't having to, you know, I could meet them and spend as much time with them as I wanted and just sort of be on my own as much as I wanted. So it worked out fantastically. But I have also stayed with a lot of people who have done, who were house hackers and who were loving that whole experience of like, you know, the kids are all now in college. They were just sort of like, me, now what are we going to do? You know, I'm, I'm kind of bored and just, and not, you know, money wasn't maybe as free as they had kind of thought it would be when they were planning retirement. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, and they were opening their home to people who from all over the world. Right. I mean, the, I feel like the Airbnb community is a real cool community. You meet some great people and it can be really fun, really fun. So walk us through that process, right? Because, you know, as real estate investors, you know, we we have no problem letting go of, of renting properties we buy because that's what we buy them for. But our home is more than a property, right? Yeah. We didn't buy it with that intent. Or are you saying that, you know, it's really about converting, right? That's what you're speaking of is that I have an existing property. I live here. So you're mostly going to sense not buying a house to house hack, you're in a house that you're going to hack, if you will, as you're in your 40s. So walk us through what process would someone take? They're listening to this, you know, they're 40, you know, what have you. They see, they see this as an opportunity to increase their income. They're just not sure, is this the right thing for them? Because again, they're opening something very personal in a sense. I love that you subdivided your house. I think that's a brilliant idea. So walk us through a little bit of maybe some of those initial questions they should be asking. Some almost like an evaluation for themselves. So they think that's an important part of it to see if this is a good fit for them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There has to be a lot of real honesty with yourself. Like how much do I really, you know, do I want to wait for someone else to get out of the bathroom, right? I mean, how much love do I want? Do I want to, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If people are coming home late and doing their thing. How open and welcoming. And, you know, again, like I've stayed with a lot of house hackers and, you know, one of them was an artist and she just loved everybody and just wanted to meet. She didn't care, you know, what time of the day or night you were coming or going and whatever. You just have to really say to yourself, how much interaction do I want to have with these people? And I feel like, you know, to your point before, like, is this for me? That's the fantastic thing about short-term rentals is you don't have to you can start off with a person for a weekend. And if you like, that really sucked, you know, then you'd never do it again, right? But if you love it, then you say, you know, maybe I would take on a longer term person. Maybe I would like to do this on a regular basis or whatever. So yeah, the first thing is definitely sit down and be really 100% honest with yourself about your own personality, your tolerance for noise, for smells, for, you know, just people who might not be the same as you. That's how you're going to have to decide how much, privacy you're going to have to build into the situation. And then it's a question of what do you have as an asset right now in your home? You know, do you just have a bedroom or do you have the possibility to make a separate entrance, maybe a room in the garage, you know, how much, you know, take your your inventory of your, basically your assets at that moment in time, and then figure out, especially if you're not really sure if you want to do it, you might start off with a really small sort of renovation, you know, maybe just take a bedroom, you know, put in a coffee pot and a microwave and, you know, just kind of like as long as they have their own bathroom or whatever, just let them have that little wing of their own, even if they have to use your entrance. And then if it turns out that like, hmm, okay, yeah, this is a thing. And then reinvest. I definitely recommend reinvesting any money that you make for, you know, at least the first year to make your place better, you know, maybe a little more private and possibly even to add additional opportunities for people to rent, right? You know, maybe you start out with a bedroom and then you're like, mm, you know, I've got this shed, I've got this garage, you know, and you could really build yourself an empire, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. So when people are 
thinking about like, okay, what do people want? Why would they stay here? How do you evaluate your competition? Where do you go? What are you looking for? So people are, you know, aware about what, what exactly to offer. That's an excellent question, Andressa. Yeah, you really want to, I guess you could say cyber stalk the neighbors, right? You really want to look on Airbnb and say, I like to do it two different ways. First, I'll look and say, what's available for this weekend in my area? Because those are probably not the ones that people are loving, right? If it's available right away and you know, you're know you in a good mm. season or whatever. Like it's that very reversed research kind of. I love that. Oh, I like that. Exactly. Yeah. So you look and say, okay, these people, what's wrong with them, right? What's What do they have? And then you look and say, you leave it open, you know, you leave your dates open and then you start to see all the listings and you see, you start to find some things in common. And there's some funny things about Airbnb that people might, you know, like places that have white sheets, like do better on reviews. Like I know weird random stuff that you would maybe not think of, but those kind of little things that if you start to look, well, you know, they obviously have to be kind of more neat. There are a lot more people who like neat than people who like messy, right? People, oh, I'm really eclectic. I don't mind some clutter. That's not the majority of people, right? And most people like things neat, clean, not so generic that you feel like you're in a hotel, but you know, like bring a little of your personality, but not so much that, you know, they're going to have to move stuff out of the way to get, and I'm thinking of that artist I stayed with, literally, we're like, I'm walking through these halls and there's like stuff everywhere. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and just think about what you would like as well. I mean, what makes your house different? What could you do? Could you give them, you know, oh, we have outdoor space or I have a great location or, you know, something that's going to say, or even you can even offer an experience, which could be a real special way to kind of kick it over the edge a little bit. But definitely you're going to have to do some really, again, honest analysis on Airbnb to say, you know, because it's easy to look and say, well, my house is as good as that. And then you're like, well, actually, you know, my lamps came from the Salvation Army and this person's lamps came from Tiffany's, right? There's going to be a difference. So just within your budget, you want to just do as much as you can to make people feel really comfortable. And to let them know that they're, you know, like we have, you know, you're going to have a down comforter and, you know, really comfy pillows and stuff. Let them know that in the listing so that they can be excited. <laughs> One thought I have, though, is when when you're doing that, are, are the potential guests evaluating the situation as much as the owner is? Meaning, if I'm going to look at an Airbnb, right, I'm not going to use my family because there's no way we can stay with someone and my family because it's just it's too much going on there. But say I'm traveling by myself. Well, let's play that out. But I mean, when you say family, you mean like Matt and the kids or like yeah. your extended family? No, no, I meant Matt and the kids. Meaning yeah. like I can't see a scenario that where I'm going to rent a place through Airbnb where yeah. my husband and the two kiddos, we're all going to stay and then there'll be the owner in the house too. Like that doesn't seem like a, ever a scenario I'd want to play out. Like So, but I'm curious because I never even thought of that as a criteria. Is there a criteria there that says the owner will be present in the listing? I have never seen that before, unless I'm just missing something or I'm asking a very stupid question. I don't know. No, not at all. There isn't something you can search for. Okay. I mean, obviously you can search for, you're willing to have like a shared room, a private room or a, a private home. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. A private okay. space. Gotcha. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean that like, you know, I let people know that I'm the owner and I'm going to live and then I live next door. You do. Just okay. so that they know, you know what I mean? And I'd say, this is the quiet time because you've got to set expectations, sure. you know, but there isn't like a way to say, oh, I want to, you know, I don't mind having somebody there, but I don't want to be with the owner. So shared room, <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm like a moron here, but a you shared know. room, it really would connotate that there's potentially other people going to be there, whether it's yeah. I own the building or Susie from Minnesota, whomever, the artist, 
that's just how that plays out. Okay, got it. Yeah. So that's a criteria that gets evaluated. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes. But how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com. Or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm curious. Is that a trend? Just let's play that out. Has hacking your home and you're living there too. Like this where people actually look for that. Maybe it's just a foreign concept to me. Like, I don't know, but when I put being in a home with other people, I don't know, it's because maybe it's just me. But is that something that is a growing trend? Because that gets my interests just from that perspective. So is that a trend that people want that more? Well, I mean, if you think about like a hostel, yeah, that is a, yeah, that that's a, an actual shared room, right? Where you, there's a bunk bed and there's other people sure. in the room, you know, it's potentially snoring. And, and that's, I think, cost as much as, meeting people because you can just sure. as easily rendezvous in the kitchen and meet sure. somebody and you don't have to sleep next to them. So, but yeah, shared house. I do think some people want to have the experience of meeting a local person to that area. And especially like, say you're in another country and you know, you, how fun it would be to actually stay with an Italian person in Italy and you know, how much more interesting that could be than just hmm. staying at, you know, the Marriott or whatever, you know? So I think that in general, someone who's going to be attracted to an Airbnb versus a hotel, sure. they're looking for something different, right? Something gotcha. special. So I if you, you can go provide that, right? That's a great I think question. that we're more used to the concept of sharing more than ever throughout the years with Uber, with Airbnb. When yeah. I heard about Airbnb for the first time in 2011, I was like, disgusting. Come on. 
people are going to come and, you know, sleep on my bed. How about the sheets? Anyway, after I rented my property for two weekends and that paid the mortgage, I was like, I like that. I'll buy new sheets. (laughs) I do not care. Let's go. Right. Yeah. But I think that I agree with, there's two different concepts, right? If I'm thinking about going to Italy, and of course, I would love to stay at a original, like Italian house. You bet. Like, I don't know what an Italian that doesn't cook. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I really, absolutely, we'll get drunk together, probably, right? But it's not like, okay, in the suburbs of PA, not sure right. how interested that is. So when I think about the experience, one thing that I, I did on my, I didn't know, I experienced during my last Airbnb that I rented during the summer is that they had like a pass for the beach that we could use it. Yeah. So we couldn't, we didn't have to do that. So always look for the experience on Airbnb. What are the partnerships that you can have with local people that they can think about it? Because you got to make some excitement, right, happening there. So I want to switch gears from the fun part to the not so fun part. When you are looking to analyze a deal, right, when you're looking to purchase a property, do you run the numbers as you already like thinking about house hacking? Are you running that scenario? Or how do you do the finance considering your your business structure? Well, yeah, it's for sure. If When I originally bought that house, I bought it with the intention of creating another suite. And I analyzed, you know, what I, I, that particular place was across the street from the beach. So I actually only estimated that I'd have like, I mean, this is New England, right? Where I live, I thought maybe five months season, right? That, but it was rented. The funny thing was the winters ended up being rented full time by people who were like there for, you know, work experience or something. So I was like, great. You know, I had several people who stayed for those cold six months when I thought it would be empty. So the numbers ended up being much better than I anticipated, but I I think it's always better to be a little bit pessimistic when you're running numbers anyway. But yeah, I for sure did because I had to calculate the the renovation costs, you know, and that because there was a, a, a bigger cost. I had to add a whole kitchen, take a half bath and turn it into a full bath. So, and then there was the whole permitting process, which was an experience in itself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, do you check with the, I'm assuming you checked with the local uh, authorities in, in, in LNI department prior of? Yes, I did. I checked started. the zoning to make sure that I would be able to make it into a legal two-family. But I want to say a friend of mine lives in, a, in an area where he, he has to have a single-family home. And the way he got around that was that he just, he has doors between the properties and he's just not allowed to lock them. So he's got three roommates that are full-time roommates and he just leaves the doors open. So it's still legal because they're they're technically just roommates. They don't have a private, I mean, they have their own entrances and exits, but because they could access the main house, that makes it legal apparently. So. And Christine, what do you do about vetting, right? Vetting those people, especially women. I want to make sure that we're safe and we're mindful, not just men, but men, women, or people, people in general that don't have good intentions. Share with us what you have done in order to get a sense of security when you are house hacking. Airbnb is good in that. It, I mean, and I'm just saying Airbnb, but obviously I don't, I never use VRBO as a, what am I calling it? A host. So 
I don't know anything about it, but Airbnb allows you to decide how you want to allow people to book. So if they already have positive reviews from other people, you can let them book automatically, or you can say, I want to review every single person who tries to book. Or like I said, you can only review people who you can only have to approve people who have never, who don't have any reviews or, you know, potentially don't have positive reviews. So then you can look them up a little bit. You know, there's not a ton of information just because of the discrimination laws. You know, you can't know their age. You can't know their, you know, where they're from, really, things like that. But you can, I feel like you can get a feel for them sometimes even from their questions because you live in the home. If you make that very clear to the people in general, you're going to get people who are quieter, you know, nicer. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to get. And the other thing is once they do book and you have a chance to read more information about them, if you get like little tingles and you just think "Mm," you are allowed because it is your home, you're allowed to cancel them for safety reasons. So it's pretty to the extent that it could be when you're dealing with complete strangers. I feel like Airbnb does try to make it a little bit easier. How have you managed when, have you had someone who hasn't, you know, been who they say they are, or there's some reason to cancel their reservation? Have you had to do it that yet? Horror stories. (laughs) Here we go. I have horror stories from my Airbnb that I didn't live in. Okay. And not so much the house hacking one. Yeah. As opposed to the house hacking one where this kid said, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm a single guy. I just want to rent and you work on my dissertation and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, great. But then I get a call from the state police that weekend and, and there's this huge party, 29 kids. And one of the kids, when the police came, jumped out the second story window and broke the window. And I was like, and when I went there, one of the kids had sat laid on the bed and like barfed all over the rug. And it was just like, holy crap. That was the dissertation that he was talking about. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What's the alcohol impact here? The alcohol impact when consumption impact in in an Airbnb, what are the results? And and he got a great paper, I hope. (laughs) But it was bad for him because he had to pay for everything, you know, but it was... That was a quite quite a bad experience, and I'm sure the neighbors were not too excited with me at that point. But that would obviously never have happened if he saw on on the listing that I lived next door. You know, that's amazing. I'm curious too when it comes to like you know house hacking and living in the property with with your tenants or our guests, whatever you want to call them. You know, in in a time that you're you're winding down, right? You know, so there's a financial benefit, and there's other benefits like we've talked about here navigating how have you navigated navigated your kind of like okay this is the property and this is my like I know we talked a little bit about the financing part but even holistically do you look at your holistic kind of like all your properties and say okay what's the next one going to look like and how do I maximize revenue and have the lifestyle I want because you know you're in your 40s 50s which we're talking about here you're not in your 20s just there are things that shift and change so how have you navigated as you've added properties to a portfolio? Because that's the other part of this or or taking properties away. I don't know, whatever way, but managing your portfolio, not just the property. And I, I feel like that as we get older, like I'm 58, just to kind of, you know, make, or am I 59? Crap. Well, anyway, I'm not young, <laughs> although I feel like I am. So I'm thinking about where do I like to go? What do I like to do? Like when I have to go and check on this property, where do I want to visit? Right. So Mm. that's really a big part for me. So when I bought things that were away from me, I bought a couple hours up in the White Mountains and I bought, you know, 
now I'm thinking about actually land in Arizona and putting some cabins up there, you know, just like I'm thinking, oh, I don't really like to visit, you know, and so very selfishly. And a lot of times those vacation sort of property, those occasionally kind of areas have kind of reasonably priced properties. So I was able to do really well in the White Mountains and buy something for what you pay for a parking space in Boston, right? So I think you're, you should be looking at your life and your pleasure and what's going to, you know, bring you joy because at this point, you know, maybe isn't all about the money. And that's huge. And it's a really important piece and, it, and it's an ongoing piece, yeah. you know, what that lifestyle question, not just financial returns, especially at that stage of life, right? I mean, it's important to look at the financial piece, especially as your family dynamic has shifted, children are out, your role in life, right? I couldn't know my sister's going through that. Really, you know, our son, my nephew's a senior in high school. And it's like every time I talk to her, she's really like in this stage of life, right? She's, and it's her only child. So she's like mourning this loss that's going to happen next year, but it's real, right? It's real. And there's a lot at play. So that's a great point about what brings you joy, especially in being an empty nester when yes. joy has now shifted, right? Our role in life have shifted as women, as, as people. So it's exactly. a great, a great point. This has been great, Christine. Appreciate, appreciate you being on and everything. Where, uh, where can the ladies listening learn more about you? Probably a, a good, easy place is womencreatingwealth.net. There's some fun things there. And I guess, yeah, let's just leave it at that. I don't want to list my 57 different, <laughs> as we all have. And then Instagram and there's Facebook. Yeah, forget that. <laughs> so people gave their full number. I was like, Joel, no. No, no. <laughs> but anyway, all this information you guys can find on our show notes. And now we're going to transition to our fabulous story questions. And the first one, Christine, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? Wow. That's so, you know, there's a million answers because every time I read one, I'm like, oh my God, I'm completely, but I think two that come to mind and I almost feel like they're tied together is Think and Grow Rich, which, you know, I've read 57 times. <laughs> and then there's a book that came out of that called The Go-Giver. And I, I love that book. And, but yeah, if it was a different day, I might give you a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of it, right? What's the most powerful routine that you do to live a financially free and balanced life, whatever that means to you? It's 100% is getting up early. I mean, I used to think, I used to be proud of the fact that I didn't have to get up till that I get woken up with the alarm at 7.30. And now it's like, you know, 5.15 or whenever the sun rises. And, and at that time in the morning, to, to journal, to listen to things, to talk to myself with affirmations, do my exercises. It's so powerful. And I just feel like that sets a foundation for the day that you can just, you know, really leap from. Awesome. Last question. Which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Interesting. You know who I love? And I don't know, Audrey Hepburn. I just love her because she just seems to be like both strong and classy, you know, at the same time. And she's, yeah, I think she's amazing. Christine, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for sharing your tips with us and, and the women in our community. Appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure. It's thank wonderful you, to meet you both. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life.
Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.